First Baptist Church of China Grove, we come to the end here of August, and uh, this will probably be my last sermon, maybe not forever, but at least for now, as you will be receiving new pastor next week, and we uh, are he- thankful for his coming. I have enjoyed the time here. Uh, today I can say, I can go ahead and preach this message, I can say about anything I want to, you can't fire me. Uh, let me say to everyone at First Baptist Church of China Grove, I love you folks with an unfailing love. Uh, you've been great to me. I'll never forget it. I hope something uh, I've said or done has made a difference. As a matter of fact, that's the title of my message today, Making a Difference. And I hope I've made a difference. Thank you for letting me end where I began. I've run the race, still running the race that is set before me, but it's amazing it's come back to the finish line, where I started as a young man of 20 and end up an old man here. Thank you folks for being a part of my life and the lives of my family. So God bless you, First Baptist Church. I have truly, truly enjoyed our time together. So, making a difference. The Bible talks about that. And let's turn to the book of Jude. Jude, and by the way, uh, there's only one chapter of Jude. If you have more than one chapter, you need to check your Bible out. But Jude, book of Jude, verse 22, one, one chapter here. Doesn't even, I don't think, have a chapter designation. And it just simply says this. And of some having compassion... Making a difference. And he's talking about making a difference in the lives of people. If you read the text in verse 23, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh, uh, being a, making a difference in people's lives. Making a difference. And I want to talk on that theme today about making a difference in the lives of people. And you know, that's what God has called us to do. And that's what God has called First Baptist Church to do, to make a difference in this world, in the lives of people. And the thing that will make us do that is the love and compassion. Really, compassion, that's to me all one, wrapped up. The love of God, the compassion we have for Jesus, and in Jesus, and for Jesus, is the thing that causes us to want to make a difference in people's lives. And and the end result of that is it will make a difference in our society and hopefully in the end make a difference in our country and then finally our world. As a matter of fact, if you go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that's exactly what Jesus said. I want you to go forth, be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. That's exactly what Jesus said. Be a difference here, where you are, your community, your nation, the world. And that's what we hope for. We hope to make a difference in the lives of many, many people. Because there are so many that need our help and need our compassion. I think about 
uh, Brother Scott Huffman, over the, he goes over to India. He hasn't been lately. He is planning a trip next year. Hopefully he'll get to go. He's over there now with a billion, over a billion people in India. We used to say one in five are Chinese. I think one in five are Indian now. A uh, country, much the population, the most populated co country by landmass on the planet. But, you know, that we want to make a difference. And we need to remember that. We need to never forget that. We never forget that our mission for Jesus will make a difference in the lives of people in our nation. There's a story I like to cite about King Arthur. You know that story. The nation was failing, and he set out his, the Knights of the Round Table. I used to tell all this in the RA group, the Royal Ambassadors. You know, that's about serfs and, and, and being a squire and, and then all the royal ambassador things. And he sent them on a mission. And it's tied up in, in Matthew 5 to find the Holy Grail. Now that's the cup that Jesus drank from. And without the Holy Grail, the nation would be lost. And King Arthur forgot what he once knew. May we never forget our mission, amen, and what we once knew. Percival was able to find it because the Bible says, or the story says, he had a pure heart. That's what it says. The people with pure heart, Matthew 5, will see God. And he saw God, and God gave him the, the cup. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God and find God. And therefore he saved the country, saved the king, saved the kingdom, and Arthur. And as the story goes, Arthur restored the kingdom because he remembered the nation and got off track. And through the battle to destroy the evil destroyers or the evil destroyers of the nation. The story could apply today. Our nation, it seems, we've lost our way. We've forgotten something. We badly need spiritual revival from God. You know, if we had the right kind of revival in America, listen to me, you wouldn't have to worry about which party got in. Wouldn't it be nice to be going and voting instead of the worst, the best of the worst, to be voting for the best of the best? Can you imagine that? And I think our country was once like that. We've lost our way. We've lost the will and the way, and we need to return to God. And I think if I could say anything today, we would return to God. If we find anything holy, I think it would be a Bible. Amen? It would be this book, the words of God. And what have we went away from? What's the hard holy grail? And it's this Bible, I believe. I believe this is our holy grail. This is what we've forgotten, the Word of God. We've forgotten that this is the power that comes to us from within. And through the Bible, we've forgotten Jesus. We've forgotten God. We've forgotten His power. Remember, when our schools, when this country was founded... Our original schools, the churches opened up their doors and the schools met in churches. How many have ever seen Little House on the Prairie? Where do they meet? They meet at the school, meets in the church. It doubled as a church and a school. And the early schools, they met in the, in the, in the church and they read their, one of their books, their primary books was the Bible. And we went way away from that. What do we need in this country to make a difference? Well, we need to be hungry. Well, look at Matthew 5. Let's look at Matthew 5 here. Matthew 5 and verse 6. 
Matthew 5 and verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We need people who are hungry for righteousness and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. People who are hungry for the Word of God. You know, enough with getting speakers and pastors who will just tell a, a, a cute story or talk about Furbies or talk about things like that. I, look, I'm, I, I want to hear, go and read some of the old sermons of Spurgeon. He, the man preached for over an hour, sometimes two. You say, well, nobody would set for that today. True. True. But in his day, 10,000 people waited outside the building to get in. Why? Because they were hungry and thirsty for righteousness and to be filled with the Word of God. And folks, if we're ever going to make a difference, we're going to have to get back to that. And we're going to have to be pure in heart. Now, what does that mean? Like Percival, he found it. And I believe that's great that that was in the story. Why? Because to find God means he was holy, set apart, pure. Let me put it this way. We will make a difference in the lives of others in this world when there's nothing standing in the way between us and God doing our mission. Very simply. When there's nothing standing between us and God, when there's nothing standing between us and what we do in the mission. And we have to care to. We have to want to make a difference. Making a difference? You've got to want to. Do you want to make a difference in people's lives? Do you want to make a difference in society? Do you want to change your community? Do you want to change things? Then be an agent of change. Be a disciple of Jesus. A follower of Christ. A true follower of Christ. And I guarantee you, you will affect lives. You will bring people to Jesus. You will be the serving servant who is faithful and makes a difference in this world. I have tried, by the grace of Almighty God, to make a difference in the lives of people. My prayer today is I made a, lot, a difference in the lives of the people of First Baptist Church. We need it. We need today to be a part of God's program. Every one of us, every one of us needs to be a part of God's program and what He is doing. I want to read with you one verse in the Old Testament this morning, and I'm going to come back to it. Proverbs 14.34, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalts or lifts up a nation, sin is a reproach to any people. We need righteous moral virtue in America again. Today, 
moral virtue is laughed at, made fun of, ridiculed. But you know what? If we exalt righteousness, we raise high the knowledge and respect for God and of God. Righteousness exalts the nation. And when it is reproached, sin is reproached, we look at who promotes sinful acts of life. But again, in Matthew 5, we're still there. Verses 13, let's look back at Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, look there. You are the salt of the earth. But the salt have lost its savor or ability, ability. Wherewith shall it be salted? Is this for good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men? I know what salt as a preservative is. God has given Christian people to be a preservative in this world. Now, if you grew up on an old country farm like I did, you know, bacon was from the smokehouse. And grandma cut it, and it was about that thick. And you didn't eat it, you chewed it. You chewed on it. And it was salty. Because the only thing they treated it with was salt. And so, but it preserved that bacon and that meat, and it was always preserved. It was never bad. They put lots of salt on it. But old salted bacon. And you know what? We are the salt of the earth. We're there to preserve, to keep things from rotting, Destroying itself. Because let me tell you, the world's trying just as hard as it can to destroy itself. People are trying to destroy their own lives. People are suicidal. People, uh, destructive in their sin, they take drugs, they're going to kill them. They don't care. It's destroying lives, families, people around them, they don't care. But listen, reproach, sin, we need to be salt and light. And the light, what does the light do now? We know what salt, it does preserves. We're not only to be preservers, but we're supposed to be the light. How many remember as a child saying, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I remember that, you know. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Remember that in vacation Bible school? Yeah. I'm going to let it shine. Okay. Enough of my uh, solo today. Hope you enjoyed that. Y'all didn't know I was a singer and I'm about to leave. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father's in heaven. Your light's going to show people the way. So we have a exhortation here to be salt. Salt preserves, better let me put it this way, stabilizes. Stabilizes. Light shows the truth. Make sure people know the truth. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 5.8 says, You were sometimes in darkness, but now you're the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Be salt and light in all the things that you should be. And make that difference in our country. Now we have a vote coming up in November. I want you to research. I don't want you to vote who you like. You like because you like their personality. Are they pretty? Are they look good? Or you know, 
if, if you go in but look good, you'd have never voted me in as your interim. So, you know, uh, don't go well, who looks good. Know where they stand. And I want to talk about an issue. It's on my heart and mind. Uh, let's look at Joel 3.19 in the Old Testament. Know where your candidates stand on the issue of abortion. Uh, it says, Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom shall be desolate wilderness, for the violence against the children of Judah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land. Folks, God is going to hold America accountable for the innocent blood being shed in this land. He did in the Old Testament, and God's righteousness has not changed. It says in Psalm 106.38, And shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto idols and of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. God calls it pollution, spiritual pollution, horrible pollution. And 20 times in the Old Testament alone it says, there shall be no innocent blood shed in the land. And 20 times he tells them, and if there is, I will recompense to that nation. In the New Testament, Jesus says this, his own words, and I speak for the unborn today who cannot speak for themselves. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Jesus said, it's not the will of God that any of these little unborn children should perish. I had the opportunity last year to attend a women's center dinner in Concord and heard a speaker, a lovely lady with a great family and a great Christian influence and a great speaker. She's just a wonderful lady. Speak about how she was born alive from an abortion. Yes, they tried to abort her with a solution. She was born, she was alive, and a nurse with presence of mind grabbed her up after that abortion. She was alive and took her to the nursery and would not let the doctors or anyone near her. Saved her life. She grew up to be a wonderful, had some beautiful children, a wonderful life. And she found later her birth mother, that her birth mother was forced by her mother into the abortion she did not want. And now has established a relationship with her mother. So when you vote, you think about this issue. I want you to. I want you to. I don't want to offer our children up for world globalism or the God of humanism. I respect life. Life comes from God. And goes back to God. And so I say to you, as a Christian person, 
God has given you in this country the right to vote. You vote and make a difference. Make a difference. Make a difference in every aspect of this world. Your Christian stewardship, your life, your service, your witness, and your vote. So my last words to First Baptist Church. Make a difference in the lives of others. God bless you. I love you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together and your word. It's been a good time. Been a good good run. Thank you for First Baptist. My heart is with these people. May you bless them. Bless the dear pastor who's coming. Lord, give him all the riches and blessings that we we need. Your grace be with him. Help those around him to support and serve with him as a team together. For the grace of God. Thank you today for Jesus. Thank you for life. He is the life giver. And the light. But Lord help us to be salt and light. In this. Sin sick. Decaying old world of ours. In Jesus name. Amen.